Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, Evan and I are not doctors or health professionals in any way. So Evan probably more so than me, but we really aren't. Uh, If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. He's back for the second time. You know this brave young man and UC warrior from episode 21, What is a Colectomy and J-Pouch Surgery with Evan Botterman? Evan is 26 years old and has a degree in bioengineering from the University of Maryland, which is very impressive. He has experience working in the medical device industry and is currently exploring a possible career in medicine. He is passionate about healthcare, med tech, patient advocacy, and of course, inflammatory bowel disease. In 2019, he He underwent surgeries to remove his colon and create a J pouch, and those surgeries have been successful for him, which you can hear all about in episode 21. Please welcome Evan Botterman. Hi, Evan. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to be here this morning. Yeah, I know. Nice and early this morning, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so after we recorded our last episode, I couldn't stop thinking about how differently you and I live our lives, right? I, I, there was just something about that episode where you just struck me with all of your information and such good storytelling. So we both live our lives in a good way and we're 20 years apart. So we're at very different stages in life to be fair, right? Um, I used to be the person who I've traveled the world. I've done the Peace Corps. I was a corporate flight attendant. I flew on private jets all over the world. I've lived in three other countries. I've, I've done it all, right? But now I like to stay at home and I'm a big introvert and I'm happiest, you know, staying at home with Netflix, with my dog, with my husband, with my dogs, with my husband. You know, <laughs> that's how I am now. So you were talking about in your episode, In episode 21, when you were around 21 to 23 years old, you were in your senior year of college and you started to have some really life-threatening flares. Then you moved to Florida, which is brave that you did that, uh, for your first job ever as, what, you were 22 at that point? Does that sound right? Yeah, I just turned 22 22 at that point. Yep. So you, you moved to Florida. You're doing your first job ever. And I love that you pointed that out in that episode because I know this sounds stupid, but it occurred to me when you said it, I was like, oh no, this is his first job ever. This isn't, you know, just first job with the company. So you're trying to impress people, start your career, get on the right path. And then you're going through horrendous flares in a new city where you don't really know anyone and you're still trying to go into work every day and perform and perform highly as I'm sure you do. I know you do. And on the weekends, you're in the hospital. (laughs) So, because you're having these terrible flares. So you said in the episode, you know, you're going through all this, but then you tried to be social. You love playing basketball with your friends. You love going to work happy hours. I follow you on Instagram. I see you're very outgoing, or at least that's what I perceive. And you're a social person and, you know, you love your sister. I see that and the whole thing. So you seem to be big into family and sister and the whole thing. I am the opposite, Evan. (laughs) I'm an introvert. I'm a homebody. I like to be left alone a lot. Uh, Networking and happy hours are my worst nightmare. Like if you were to put me in a nightmare, that would be the nightmare. That would be it. I had to go to a conference six months ago. I went to a happy hour and I spent 15 minutes. (laughs) 
was like, I'm good. Quick Irish I can't, goodbye. I'm not good with super Irish goodbye. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. And then they never yeah, saw me. Never see you again. <laughs> never see you again. And it's because, you know, at that point, I, I can't eat any of the greasy food they, they have on this big tray. I can't, I don't really drink. Now I do. So at that point, it was just not fun for me with UC. Now saying all this, I want Evan to talk. Um, So when you were in the thick of it, you know, going from those college years, especially, and then you're going into your first job, as you talked about, how did you try to keep social? Like, what did you do? Because tell me about that. Tell me about being outgoing and an extrovert in those situations. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that it's not easy. And I think it's also interesting that you definitely see me as an extrovert, because I think I do have, for sure, some extrovert qualities, but I also like to chill in and watch some Netflix on certain days. And <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both extrovert and introvert. But, you know, no, I definitely do like to go out and be social, and especially, like, in college, especially the end of my senior year, you know, I would just want to live it up before we entered the real world with all my friends and... Yeah, when you start a new job, the first thing you do, especially before COVID, was you want to go to happy hours. You want to meet your coworkers. You want to meet people in your new city. So those were all things that I was exploring when I first moved down there. And unfortunately, I was very sick when I first moved down there. So it was it was tough to be social. But the one thing I will say is like with this disease, like ulcerative colitis, I think there's levels to it. I think there's the level where you're in a flare, but you could still go on. And and that's kind of how, up until the very end of my college career, that's kind of how I was. I was in a flare, but, or I was in some flares, but they weren't horrific. And they were the type of thing where I was like, okay, I could go out still and pretend I'm completely fine and nobody would have any idea. And that's pretty much how I thought UC was. And in those flares, it was still possible to maintain a social life. I definitely was not like feeling great, but I was still able to play basketball. I would, you know, time my bathroom trips, make sure I go to the bathroom before I go out. And it was this type of thing where I was confident enough to manage it. And that's really, you know, the first level of just like managing a normal flare or a minor flare, even though it wasn't very minor, but you, you kind of tell yourself that when you're going through it. But there's definitely like a level up that I hadn't experienced um, until I was really starting my new job where it's a very, very severe flare where you just can't do anything. You can't be social. So I had tried to still go out to happy hours and meet some new people, but it was just too hard. I mean, I was in and out of the hospital. I was waking up at six in the morning to run to the doctor's office and then go to work and try to just like sit there at work, but I had no energy to do anything else after that. And that is where... It definitely did take a mental toll on me that I wasn't able to be as social as I would have liked. And that is like a different level than what I experienced most of my college career, I would say. Okay. So I remember in the episode, you had talked about how at happy hour, I believe it was happy hour, that you kind of sat at the end of the bar and you were quiet. How was that for you? Because again, I perceive you as an outgoing person. I I feel like if I met you at work, if we worked together, you would be a really nice person to work with. You'd be welcoming. You'd be like, hey, let's go out. You know, let's all of us go out for a drink. And you're new to the company. So how was that for you mentally? Yeah, it, it was very tough. And, um, you know, I like to think of myself as like a jokester a little bit. I do like to have a good time and goof around with my friends and coworkers. So that's usually how I am. 
But when I first started and going to those happy hours, it, it kind of hit me at a point where I was also exploring these new diets. And mm. I think I talked about this in the last episode a little bit, but that took a toll on me where I was having like these disordered eating patterns. So I would go out and I was, I was terrified of food, like literally terrified of foods. I think there's definitely a play with diet and lifestyle with UC, but I believe in moderation and that's not what I had been like educated on and like all these people online, do this, do that, this is your how you're going to heal yourself. It took a toll on me big time because I, I was just terrified of food. So a normal happy hour when you're with coworkers, you know, people ordering drinks, people ordering appetizers and I'm this 21, 22-year-old kid. Evan, why aren't you eating something? Oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm just, you know, just want to keep quiet and just like be a face there. But I was just like terrified of, of really eating anything. And then that took a toll on me socially where I just didn't want to talk to anybody. And I also wasn't feeling good. So it was, it was frustrating knowing that like I am usually this like very social person and I feel like I can get along with anybody and, and make relationships with anybody. But to them at that point, I probably seemed like a very quiet, awkward kid. And it, I mean, that's just not who I was. So it did stink at that point, but I didn't realize like you kind of get yourself into these like loops where you don't realize how much it affects your life. And, uh, you know, I didn't looking back yeah. on it now, I see it. But when I was going through it, I didn't realize kind of what was going on, if that makes sense. Well, and we discussed a lot in the last episode how you were in denial mm-hmm. at certain points. And I get it. We've all been in denial. That's not a, a negative comment. I've been in that. We've all been in denial when we first get UC or we first start flaring and we're like, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get this. It's going to. So I understand that. Did you, if you don't mind me asking, if it's not, I didn't add this to our outline, but did you feel like you had to go get professional help? at that time mentally for mental professional help? Is that something if you look back, maybe it would have helped or it just wouldn't have helped or I'm just curious. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. So actually a few months after I moved to Florida was the first time that I did be like, I I need help. The anxiety, the stress, everything that hit me, you need professional help. And it it took a lot to like admit that, right? Like I, you know, I was 21 or 22 years old at that point, And I had really never struggled with my mental health, you know, nothing wrong with it. Right. But it just like, wasn't something that I've ever dealt with. And until you are going through it, I don't think you realize, you know, how, how bad it is, but I definitely had some points. I think it was after a weekend in the hospital where I, I just spent a weekend in the hospital and I was having to go to work on Monday and there was just so much going on. And I realized like, I need some help dealing with this. And I did seek out a therapist at that point for the first time. And the therapist was really good. You know, I was doing like cognitive behavioral therapy, which was really good at that point. And That's I think good. it helped me. I did, you know, continue to get sicker, but that was, I think, more because of all the different side effects and just the toll that my body had taken over the past few months to a year. I definitely think it's important to seek mental health therapy or specialists when you're going through something like that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I went to a trauma energy healer, which I'm a big metaphysical person. So I know that's a little different, but it was basically like a talk therapist with energy healing. And that really helped me. I look back to and I label myself right as an absolute introvert. So when I did this outline 
I said to myself, okay, I'm the introvert. I'm going to play that. And you're going to play the extrovert. But then I I realized the lines were so blurred Mm -hmm. because as I'm healing now and I'm getting better and I'm, Evan, I'm working with a new functional medicine doctor to fix my leaky gut. She's been a godsend because I'm able to eat foods. I never thought I was able to eat again. Like I'm eating salads. I'm drinking wine. Like that's amazing. You know, you know how that is. So the fact that I can do that is just amazing. And I've noticed as I've been able to add more foods in, I've actually become more social and I've become happier. I'm able to obviously exercise more because I'm getting those nutrients. So I feel much more energetic. I started to walk again for 45 minutes. I do these really hilly walks, which is amazing. And I didn't think I'd get to that point for a long time. So for me, I was surprised how much more social I am. And then my dad said something to me the other day. I I said, oh, I'm out with a friend. I'll call you back. And he said, wait a minute, you're out with another friend? And I said, I guess I am. And he's like, oh, you're so social now. And I said, but I'm not. And he's like, but the last time I called last week, you were out with a friend. So you don't even realize how much you see affects you socially, even if you're someone like me that does not categorize myself as social. Would you agree with that? Yeah, so I think it's actually really interesting that you talk about that because I was thinking about this. So when you're healthy, you want all these things. You want a good job. You want good relationships. You want to travel. You want to hang out with friends. All these things are important to you. But when you're sick and you're going through it, there's only one thing that's important to you, and that's just getting healthy. And... I had never experienced that until I was like really in the thick of being sick. And I was like, I, I don't care if I never get a job again or or have to work wherever in the middle of nowhere and I can't see my friends for two years. And none of that mattered to me at that point. What mattered to me was I just want to survive yeah. this and, and get to the point where I could live again. So I think it's a little bit of like, as you get better, these other factors become important again. But when you're sick... There's only one thing that's important, and I think that's something you don't realize. You know, you know, a lot of people take their health for granted, and don't get me wrong. I mean, now that I'm feeling great, I definitely have all these things that I want again, right? But when I was going through it, I didn't care about any of that. Yeah, so I think it's just like a level. As you get better and as you're feeling healthier, you want more of these things now. It's exactly what you said before. We're in survival mode, and we don't realize it. And then once we get out of survival mode, we start to embrace everything. There's so much of life that we start to embrace. And, you know, I just want to remind people and I remind people once in a while, and Evan is a really good example of this. And I think I'm starting to be a good example of this or somewhat is you can do it. There's different ways to do it. You may have to do a colectomy. You may have to do J pouch. You may have to do, you may have to go my route, holistic. I don't know. But the whole point is that both of us were in life-threatening situations and look at us now, it is possible. So I do want to send that message. Do you want to say anything about that? No, I I definitely agree with that. So like when I was going through it, I was definitely skeptical of like the whole holistic thing. I I did acupuncture. I personally never really felt anything from any of that. I tried everything because like I said, when you're sick, you'll you'll do whatever. And then you talk to some doctors and they say, oh, all that's garbage. You talk to some holistic people, they say, oh, the medicine's garbage. My view of this is there's like many different ways to skin a cat. Until we're proven this is the exact pathway to take, we can't knock anyone else's efforts. And I think there's a lot to healing. It's like mind, body, and soul. 
personally, my philosophy is like there's an intertwine between medicine and the holistic pathway. But if someone is having success just going the holistic route, that's amazing. You know, I, I don't know why. A lot of people don't know why. I wouldn't say there's like proven facts behind it. But if people are having success, I mean, there's something behind it. And con- on the contrary, if people have success with medicine and that works and it does work for a lot of people, follow that pathway. I think that there's many routes where you could use to get healthy and, and get through what you're going through. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a dropping of judgment too. I've had to learn to drop judgment on myself, on other people. Okay, well, you take Antivio, you take Antivio. Or, or I took dicyclamine to help with the colon spasms and I took dicyclamine. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> the alternative is dying right. or just sitting in a bed for six more months. So I have learned to drop judgment. I've also learned to disseminate information as it comes to me because I agree, Evan, that you, in that timeline in your life, when you were in college, and did you say you were in a fraternity or am I making that? No, I I was in a fraternity. Okay. And I'm not, I'm saying that in a a positive way. I know I went to a big fraternity sorority school. I was not in one, but everyone I know from that school is in in one. And I know that culture very, very well, because that was all there was to do. I went to college in central Pennsylvania. So there was nothing else to do, but do that. And you're, you're eating shit at two in the morning, where you come up from the basement. I mean, I don't know if it's the same now, but you come up from the basement, you've been drinking in the basement because you have to hide from the campus police because you don't have a sanctioned party. You come up and then you're eating, you know, whatever you can, you're ordering Domino's or whatever it is nowadays. (laughs) And so it's that age group, it's just not a healthy time in life. And then to try to tell an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old to be like, okay, look, we're going to sit you down and all you can eat is bone broth. I'm sorry, but it's a totally different thing than sitting down, for example, like me, a 42, 43-year-old at the time who works at home, right? Who doesn't have children, who can manage all that. It's a different thing. So I think personally, that's why the holistic path, knock on wood, so far has worked for me because I'm able to control a lot of my environment. When you're in college, it's really hard to do. And I think you had told me offline that something like the most you said the most diagnosed or flare-ups were between the ages of 18 to 26 or something like that? Right? Yeah, it hits something a lot of people that. during their college years. That's like there's the first peak at that that age level. I think when I was first diagnosed, I, was, I forget, like 19 or 20. Like one of my big questions was like, can I still drink alcohol? Which is like hilarious looking back on it because if you were to tell me, you know, the 19-year-old, like, okay, you could feel better, but you just need to cut out drinking. Obviously, now I'd be like, oh, it's not an issue. Do you think overall that it's harder being an extrovert with IBD versus an introvert? Or you think, hmm? They're both hard. I mean, if you're going through IBD, no matter if you like staying in or you like going out, it stinks. It's it's horrible when you're going through a flare. What would have happened if I did cut out alcohol and I and I was eating yeah. healthier and you know I wasn't just moving to a new job at the time? I think it hit me at a really difficult time when like things just started spiraling where I, you know, the medication stopped working. I was getting these side effects and I was, you know, trying to still live the college lifestyle and start a new job. So I think that made it difficult where 
my body probably needed some more rest. And I think that's also really important when you're, when you're sick, you got to give your body a chance to heal. And if you're just going, you know, hundred miles per hour, your body doesn't get that opportunity. And you know, when you're still going hundred miles per hour and you're sick and you're still, you know, going to the college parties, it just like compounds. I truly don't know what would have happened if it hit me when I was really sick at this stage of my life where I'm not looking to every night hang out with my friends and eat crap. I'm able to more so control my diet. What would have happened differently? I don't know. I truly feel that the stress about taking a bite of a wrong food is going to be more inflammatory than the actual bite of the wrong food. And that is like the culture of the, the holisticness. That I'm not trying to knock anybody's whatever. I think it's important. There's a lot of like mental space that trying to live your life perfectly with every single bite and everything yeah. you do could take. And I think that becomes very difficult in today's day and age. And I think the stress of that is is more inflammatory sometimes, unless you're able to live it perfectly, which is really tough for someone in my someone in your position. Maybe that's a lot easier, but someone in my position where I'm 22, starting a new job, going out trying to meet friends at happy hours, like it was so tough for me to do at that point. And that just trying to live that life was very stressful in itself. There still is that factor if I'm doing this holistically. I still have to watch what I eat. I can't go out and have the French fries that are soaked in canola oil. There's a really good milkshake shop near me. That's pretty much out of the question. Even though I test well with dairy, that's still all that sugar is out of the question. I have been doing this diet where the sugar I have been consuming is more monk fruit and maple syrup and honey, and that's been working really well for me. Long story short, I went to this cafe where (laughs) I had to pee so bad and I walked in the cafe and was so busy and I was just like, please tell me you have a place to pee. And everyone started laughing and they're like, it's fine, you can use our bathroom because living in, you live more near the city, but living in more upstate New York, it's really hard to find bathrooms that are open. Ever since COVID, they have on the door out of order, even though it's not out of order. You know, I know Crohn's Colitis Foundation is trying to do the open bathroom movement, which don't even get me started on that. That's the whole thing. <laughs> but anyway, so I I bought something from the cafe and it had cane sugar in it. I hadn't eaten cane sugar in quite some time. And someone like you, if you had that, who cares? Someone like me, I had some of it and I had a UC reaction to it. So, which was good and bad. It was information. I realized that cane sugar is not good for me. But the whole point is, yes, I think there is something to where, okay, if you deal with this, let's say with pharmaceuticals or with what you went through with the J pouch and the total colectomy, that there's a lot more freedom with food where me, it's my whole life if I'm doing this holistically. So going back to the question, I think, I think it is harder socially to be an extrovert with IBD because it really takes more of a mental toll on you. But then being an introvert, you keep it all in. Mm. And you choose not to talk to people and you choose to hide in your shell even more because you're already a, a hider, a squirrel in that, you know, burrowing in to that tree. I think it actually caused in the long run, it might have been worse being an introvert because I just didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to talk to my own husband. I didn't want to deal with my dogs. I didn't want to deal with anything. So I think for me, I don't know. 
I don't know. I think it's it's bad either way. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I mean, it's t- it's tough either way. I think my opinion is if you find something that works, and and there are many things that work. I think it's very important to live like a healthy mental state, not stress out about am I doing the right things with this diet? Yeah. Am I talking to the right person? You know, am I doing too much? You know, socially just find a balance. And I think that's the best bet. And if you go too much in either direction where you're too, you know, too concerned about food versus not concerned about food, there's a healthy medium in the middle. And that's my opinion. Some people would definitely argue with that and say, no, you need to live like a perfect lifestyle. And maybe that is ultimately like the healthiest lifestyle if you could somehow manage it. But I just like for me in my position, it just wasn't realistic to find that balance. It's really yeah. tough. And I think it's different for everybody. It's different for you at your stage of life versus me at my stage of life versus someone now going into college versus someone who's more elderly. It's different for everybody. That's a really good tip is find a balance. And I would add to that and say, this is an obvious one, but if you can talk to a mental health professional, you and Evan, you hit the nail on the head because we always talk about, you know, we're obsessed or I'm obsessed with talking about the diet and the food and the whole thing. But yeah, actual emotional stress will mess you up too, will really do a toll on your colon and you see. So I love that you said find a balance. Because for you, finding a balance was doing the total colectomy. I just want to say so that was the best thing. It wasn't yeah, necessarily please. a choice at that point. Like if I had my choice, <laughs> I obviously would like to have a healthy colon at, at this point. But for what I went through, we all right, now I'm feeling I'm like really good, which is I'm very thankful for. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of where I'm at now. It wasn't a choice, but you made the choice. I think that's the important thing. Some people would have said, no, I'm not doing that. I want to keep holistic. And then wouldn't have been alive. You know, there, there's people who pass away from this. We forget that. I don't talk about it a lot. Um, I believe there was a winner or a contestant of, what's a show with Gordon Ramsay? Hell's Kitchen. Oh, okay. Who had UC and the person passed away from complications from UC. Now, I don't know this person's story, so I don't want to, but that's the thing is you made the decision and the decision was right for you. So the last thing I just want to touch on is, Evan, if, if someone was in your position, if you put yourself back in Florida where you're at your first job and you're flaring badly and you're in and out of the hospital and you're facing all these emotional challenges, we want everyone to talk to a mental health professional, obviously. But do you have, besides the balance tip, which I think is so great, do you have any tips for anyone or one tip for anyone in this situation? Yeah. So I think that there's like kind of two things that I would say there's, and they're two opposite things. And I think both of them are important. So I'll cover them both. So there's one side where you need to almost trick your mind. And I'll kind of explain what I mean by that. So going through UC is a, it's a vicious cycle because stress doesn't cause a disease. But I think, and talking to a lot of other patients with IBD, stress is something that could trigger a flare or continue a flare. So what makes it a vicious cycle is that if stress triggers a flare and then you start flaring, that flare, right? When you go to the bathroom and you see blood or you're going a billion times a day, that automatically becomes the number one stressor in your life. So no matter what else is going on with your life that maybe was like a stress trigger in causing a flare, now you have this additional stress of just dealing with the disease. So in order to kind of get through that, it's really important to 
trick your mind. Sometimes if the medicate you're on medications and sometimes it's taking a long time to work, what I did is like even if I was sick, like let's say I was really sick in the week, I would kind of say to myself, okay, I'm getting better. Maybe I'm a little bit better than yesterday. And even if I'm still going to the bathroom 15, 20 times a day and still seeing blood, if you could just say like, you know what, that's a little bit less than yesterday. Or like, you know what, maybe I'm still going a lot, but you know, I feel a little bit better. Just like try to play these like mind games with yourself because it's so important. There's still blood. Maybe it's just part of my colon healing. Maybe there was just like a scab, you know, a scab that came off and caused some more blood or something yes. like that. And and that is like something that I always tried to do. And I definitely had some success getting out of flares like that. And then the second thing is it, it's important to know when you need to be vulnerable and need to rely on other people and open up for help, like seek a mental health uh, therapist, talk to your friends, talk to your family. I wasn't broadcasting to the world what was going on. And that's just like not someone like at that point, what I was really comfortable doing. I know that there are people out there that really do broadcast their whole story on social media, which is also good. And, you know, if, so, if people feel comfortable doing that and that's their way of coping, definitely go and go for it. But for me, like I, I was able to be really close and open with my mom and a couple of my best friends and that was really important to me and and I don't know like how things would have gone differently if I if I didn't have that support network. So I think it's really important for if you're going through it and you're in the thick of something be vulnerable and and be able to reach out for help. That's okay. And I think it's also important to find someone who's in your situation and is winning it or has won it. No matter what you're going through. Like that that's kind of what what I'm doing this and I talked about this last time. It was so tough for me to find someone who had the surgeries and was able to live a normal life again. And maybe like social media was not as big back then, but there was really only one person that I had seen go through it and was back living their life again. And that is like the, the story that I just la- latched onto. So like now it's a lot easier to find people who are, have gone through what you're going through. If, if it's not, you see, if it's something else, there's a very good chance that someone else has dealt with what you're going through. So I think it's so important to latch on to the positive stories. And there's nothing wrong with people sharing their negative stories, but you know, there's going to be a lot of that. And I definitely sympathize with them, but it's important if you're going through it to not focus on those, focus on the positives because a positive mindset goes a long way in healing. That's perfect. And I did the same thing, but differently and metaphysically. When I was getting out of a flare, I contacted, I don't want to get too metaphysical right now, but I contacted a spirit guide who really helped me through the flare and got me out of it and kept cracking jokes at me. I talked about another episode. So whatever works for you, I agree. I do agree with that mindset is a huge, huge deal. I have a friend who does not have IBD, but has something else, has a form of cancer. And this person is the most... Because of what this individual has gone through in the past 10 years of his life, he's very, and he's a great guy, but he's he's more toward the negative realist. And when he got this major surgery for cancer, I have never seen anyone make such a 180 where he said, you know what, I'm just starting to think positively now. And he said, that's helping. And he said, my doctor gave me a long lecture on just think positively, keep positive thoughts. And so that type of thing 
really works. And I think that is solid advice. So thank you so much, Evan. Yeah. And if you can't find someone who's kind of going through something similar to yours, definitely like reach out to me. That's why I do these things. And I, I do talk with a lot of patients who have Crohn's and colitis just to help them through what they're going through. So I'm a resource for you guys. Yeah. And you can find Evan on, is Instagram good? Yeah. Instagram's good. I also just started a TikTok, but that's, that's new, but Yay. it might be uh, linked on my Instagram at that point. Um, just search for my name. I'm sure it'll pop up, but Evan Botterman is my Instagram. At Evan Botterman. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. And then on the video, I will put it on the video as well uh, under your name. So definitely contact Evan. You of course can always contact me. I hear a lot from the listeners. So Evan knows uh, what I'm about to say in my household, when we just have the perfect poo, you know, you're on the toilet, you look back, there's no blood, perfectly formed, you're so freaking proud of yourself. We call that a green heart. And I like to wish people a green heart day, but I'm going to have Evan do it. Wish everybody a green heart day. Evan, you are always amazing. And I'm sure you're going to come back on for something else. Thank you so much. You are an inspiration. Thanks for having me. 